Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver And right here at guildhallwealth.com. Anytime, check out the website. Paul Wiseman in attendance, president of Guildhall Wealth Management. Darren Long as well, vice president of sales, senior market analyst. And, of course, Jeremy Wiseman, vice president of Guildhall Wealth Management as well. Reminder as well, RRSPs, registered funds. You can use those to start uh, investing in precious metals, physical metals. And uh, for every gram of gold, uh, you will receive that for every $5,000 U.S. invested in the uh, mentioned RSP account. Lots to get through today, or, guys. Or a TFSA. We have option, or TFSA. Or a Lyft. Or Lira. Lira. Riff. You know, any one of those registered you got accounts. It. Get it happening. Darren, what's going on, pal? A lot happening this week, John. Right. We've had a busy week. Of course, Trump takes over as the president of the USA. And He's he in there. is, uh, you know, by the time you're hearing this show on Saturday, we're taping on Thursday, you uh, will have already seen his inauguration. If you're watching the TV and whoever is left over that wanted to go, and, of course, the week that was, well, gold and silver were up dramatically over the week. They peeled back a little bit here taping on Thursday. Silver sitting in and around the 1690 to $17 range, while gold is sitting and hovering right at $1,200 an ounce, which nice. is a key moment for both metals, uh, both looking very poised to move ahead right now. And we'll talk throughout the show on a number of topics today. But uh, I do like where both are heading. And congratulations, of course, is in order to all the people that came into the market this week that opened up new accounts. If you opened up a registered account and have an RRSP or a TFSA account, a LIF, a Lira, a RIF, or an RESP, welcome aboard if you're a depository client who put your product into storage or if you just took home delivery. We're glad to have you aboard. And of course, always here, our doors open. Wonderful, wonderful to have you come aboard as clients. Now, if we're getting into this market, of course, we would be remiss if we didn't bring up what's the expectations surrounding Trump and what he's going to do. And many analysts right now are actually suggesting that the fade is on in terms of the uh, market momentum that took over once he won a few months ago. And of course, I have with me an article from Seeking Alpha written by Cayman Valores, uh, which is entitled, As the Trump Trade Fades, the Fundamentals for Gold are Growing Stronger. And in his summary, there are four points which basically suggest why he thinks gold may be going higher. And he writes, Signs that the fundamentals and sentiment that sparked a gold rally in mid-2016 are emerging. Growing signs of global economic weakness and potential geopolitical crisis will support higher gold prices. Trump's policies, while attractive for stocks, have the potential to derail any real growth and create greater global economic uncertainty. And gold is again emerging as an attractive safe haven asset in hedge against economic and geopolitical uncertainty. Now, if you're a fan of the show and you've listened, we've talked about geopolitical uncertainty and its impact as one of the core fundamental uh, reasons for investing in gold and silver over the years. We've talked about four of them. Geopolitical problems are the third that we usually discuss. And uh, this article goes on to talk a little bit about that. And he says it has been a roller coaster of a year for investors in precious metals, meaning 2016. In the wake of the Brexit where UK voters chose to leave the EU, Gold uh, surged to its highest price in years, as did silver, and this led to proclamations that the lustrous yellow metal that Buffett once famously derided for having no utility had entered a new bull market. It was then speculated that Trump 
that a Trump victory would be favorable for gold, but in the wake of his surprise ascension to the White House, gold gave back the gains created by Brexit. Since then, it has declined further with a stronger dollar, U.S. dollar, higher interest rates, and the improving health of the global economy and the considerable optimism surrounding Trump's proposed fiscal stimulus weighing heavily on its price. However, surprisingly, while it may have lost 14% over the second half of 2016, it finished the year up almost 7%. Silver finished the year up almost 15%, and there are signs that optimism priced into equities markets for 2017 may now be overdone and many of the fundamentals that support higher prices in metals are remaining in play as we speak, the number one of which is the growing concern over what Trump's policies will be. Are they going to be pro-U.S. dollar, anti-U.S. dollar, pro-establishment, anti... We don't know. We don't know. We know that there's going to be spending. We know that there's going to be uh, a loosening of the purse strings, and we know that it is going to impact the economy in a negative way because, of course... More debt is not good for the U.S. dollar. Well, the interesting thing is that, you know, on Tuesday, Trump came out and said, we need a weaker U.S. dollar. The yen dropped, the pound increased in value, uh, the euro increased in value. Uh, Yellen came out and made a speech yesterday and said, well, I think, you know, we have to watch the market and we may be putting interest rates up. Uh, The governor of the Bank of Canada says we, we may have to lower interest rates and all of a sudden... Everything dropped again against gold and silver. We had a, you know, silver today is trading at 1690 as we're recording the show on Thursday. It's still up 6.3% year to date. So that's in 18 trading days, we're up 6%. Uh, gold is up 4.4.25% in 18 trading days. Yet gold had come off, you know, $12 and silver has come off basically 40 cents since yesterday. So it's still up. I think there's a big move up. Uh, everybody's basically waiting for Friday t- for Trump to be sworn in. And I think Monday and next week is going to be a real interesting week. One eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Jeremy, what say you, pal? Well, I think it's it's great to look at uh, how all of the Trump influence can, can uh, create new headlines and where we've been in gold and silver the last year or whatnot. But ultimately, we're always focused on the fundamentals here. And the fundamentals show that the the U.S. keeps gathering more and more debt, as do almost every other country around the globe. They're printing more money, creating more debt. This is not going to be good for the dollar long term, whether it's the U.S. dollar, the Canadian dollar, the Japanese yen. None of it is going to be good. There's a race to the bottom. Now, that means sometimes someone else someone else is going to hold the hot potato. Okay, so maybe it's the euro that holds the hot potato and they devalue a little bit. But then it goes back up against the dollar and you get this this juggling effect happening where if you can just pull back a little bit and look at the, the actual fundamentals of it all. So look, interest rates aren't good for dollar long term. They're not good for economic activity long term either. They can be great on earnings. Great, you can build a whole bunch of buildings because you can borrow at a lower price. That's fantastic. But that doesn't actually get the economy running either. I mean, Draghi was talking and yawning on forever this morning as, uh, you know, again, we're taping on Thursday. And he basically said everything was crappy and he still kept using the word recovery. It's nine years after 2008 and he's still calling it a recovery. So we have to be looking at the fundamentals and the fundamentals show gold is money. The longer you hold it, the more it's it, it's better in your portfolio. 
right now it's an, an opportune time to get involved in precious metals because the prices are incredibly low compared to the overpriced stock market or compared to an overpriced real estate market. There, are, Yes, there are things that can, can affect it short term. We've been discussing those right here earlier in the, in the segment. But long term, fundamentals, falling dollar, um, inflation as a result of falling dollar, uh, the geopolitical unrest that happens as a fallout of falling dollars. These are the things that push up gold and silver long term. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number. Guildhallwealth.com is the uh, the website there. And Obama leaves the office having the ability to boast that unemployment has dropped, of course, against what Jeremy was just saying. And if you examine that and you look at it, you'll know true measure of an economy is job growth, job creation, obviously. And wages. And wages, but in real uh, wage terms, there is no real wage growth. So that is debunked. Of course, they say, well, employment dropped under 5%. That's a great hallmark sign. However, by far, the majority of new jobs are part-time. And, you know, basically, uh, if they're not part-time, they're lower-paid jobs rather than gainful full-time career employment. And that does not grow an economy long-term. And as far as what Jeremy was saying about all of the quantitative easing, we're expecting more out of Trump in terms of his policies moving forward. And that has had no measurable impact on growth in the economy. And as Jeremy said, most of the leaders of the free world, uh, they're all saying the same thing, which is they've got uh, to do something more to get themselves into growth mode some eight years after we had a pullback in the markets, which should have long ago happened. And already, as we have said since day one, if you look at this in terms of plain data, really, there's never been a departure from this depression or this recession, if you want to call it that. So again, it it, it scares me. There's definitely uh, an undertone of uncertainty here in Canada as it relates to our friends in the U.S. and how fruitful that relationship is going to uh, remain. There's word on the street that they're going to review NAFTA right away, almost as soon as Trump gets into the House there and starts uh, making changes. And that will impact us, of course. And if you are an investor looking to protect yourself against some of these threats, one of the most hallmark ways you can do so is to own some physical gold and silver, as historically, both metals have shown and proved beyond a reasonable doubt that they do act as leverage, they do act as insurance, and from time to time uh, can be very, very profitable in growing markets. Paul, tell me, uh, let's get into that then, how to get some into your account, right? Well, again, you can go to Guildhall Wealth or to guildhallpreciousmetals.com. You can go to our web website, go to our e-store. You can buy physical product to take home, whether you're buying one-ounce silver bars, one-ounce silver maples, 10-ounce bars, 100-ounce bars. Um, every bar is LBMA approved. The same with gold, whether you're buying you know, gold maples, whether you're buying one-ounce bars, 10-ounce bars, kilo bars of gold. You can take it home. Um, I don't advise to take home a lot of product and keep it in your house. You know, home invasion uh, is a little strife out there right now. Personally, I don't keep a nickel's worth of silver or gold at home. Um, We use our depository, which is safe, it's secure, it's allocated, which means it's allocated to you, it's segregated, which means it's separated from everybody else's product, it's your product. Bar numbers are available. That is one of the easiest ways to own gold and silver, to put it into the depository where you can even go visit it, you can touch it, you can feel it. At Guildhall, we don't sell paper in any 
way, shape, or form. We don't sell ETFs. We're not selling commo- we're not selling stocks like equities. We're not selling futures, options on futures. We don't definitely sell certificates, which is another form of paper. We sell the physical product. So you need to either take it home, put it in a safe, secure depository. A thousand ounces of silver weighs approximately seventy pound. Now. Yeah, you can put it in the basement. You may have a safe at home. Uh, You may want to bury it in the back garden, put it under the mattress. It's lumpy. It's heavy. And when you want to go to sell it, you know, in the middle of the day when markets move up and down, and we feel that silver eventually will go to 50 or $100, gold will go to 5000 or even $10,000. People are calling for these type of results. You want to be able to sell it on a phone call, and the safest way to do that and the easiest way to do it, if it's in the depository, you call Guildhall, say, I want to sell 2,000 ounces of silver. What's the price? Bang, you can pick up your check the next day. That's how easy it is. So whether you do pick it up, take it home, use our e-store, buy it, call us, buy it, put it in the depository. The third way to own gold and silver, which is to put it in a registered plan. We partner with Questrade. They are the custodian. They look after all the paperwork, though we help you through every single detail of the transaction. We make it so simple for you. Um, All you have to basically say is yes and no. Uh, That's how easy it is. Um, But you can own gold and silver in a registered plan. Um, For every 5,000 U.S. dollars you put into a plan, we even give you a gram of gold. It helps to cover any, you know, little costs that there are involved for making the trade. Um, And at the same time, you've got something of value that's going to grow for you. And whether you give it to your kids, your grandkids, um, or just keep on holding on to it. You know, gold and silver right now is a great investment. As Jeremy said and Darren said, you know, gold and silver is really undervalued right now, even though, Year to date, we've had over six percent increase um, in silver and four and a quarter percent increase in gold in eighteen days of trading. Um, I think there is tremendous upside rather than downside. But of course, as always, if you're listening to this show, you need to make that phone call in order to take the first step. On the second segment, we have a lot coming up in the show. We're going to talk more about Trumponomics, the Trump trade. We're going to talk about gold trends for 2017. We have a Wall Street Journal article on colored diamonds. It doesn't happen very often, folks, but it means the mainstream is listening. So again, I urge you to listen, stay tuned, and we'll be right back. That number again, one eight seven seven eight silverguildhallwealthcom And as Paul mentioned, for every $5,000 U.S. invested in an RSP account for precious metals, get a gram of gold courtesy of Guildhall. Lots more. Segment two coming up right here, The Real Money Show, Talk Radio, AM 640. The number one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com. Remember RSPs and TFSAs, RESPs, Lyft, Rift, Lira, all those available registered accounts for you to begin uh, investing in real physical precious metals for every five thousand dollars invested in said account. You'll receive a gram of gold from Guildhall. Darren, take us. Uh, let's take off with here with segment two. Well, Jeremy and I were talking in between the segments, and Jeremy made an excellent point. He said, "Look, when a person's listening to this show, they need to know specifically what is it that Trump's going to do." that's probably going to lead to higher gold and silver prices. And the number one thing I think that people should be focused on is the key fundamental of protectionism. What is Trump going to do to take or keep manufacturing and job growth in the U.S.? We've seen a little bit of it in the form of what he's doing to negotiate uh, whole corporations keeping their operations alive and well in the U.S. and what he's willing to give back. 
But what I'm suggesting is, is that this protectionism in and of itself is very costly to the American taxpayer. And in fact, Trump's planned fiscal stimulus could further add to the bubble that's already being created by quantitative easing and the other types of uh, easing that we've seen in ZERP and TARP and the other various ones. You see, there's a good chance that his planned infrastructure spending won't eventuate. If his plan is implemented, it is speculated that it could cause the U.S. federal deficit to blow out by as much as $10 trillion over the next decade, which would create a, a debt time bomb that will weigh heavily on U.S. economic growth. And this is because it would create higher borrowing costs with reduced savings. The greatest fear is that if Trump will more than likely water down his proposed infrastructure spending and the majority of fiscal stimulus will come from tax cuts for corporations and the wealthy... And if that happens, of course, safe haven assets are going to be one of the uh, one of the areas where investors will turn, whether that's a corporation, a country, a central bank, people who own the U.S. dollar or U.S. debt in general. It'll encompass all of these various trends. And whether it's for a very short period of time, like we've witnessed in the various peaks prior to this for months on end, whether it's for the next 10, 15 years. Gold and silver will most likely benefit from that by trudging much, much higher. One eight seven seven eight silver. Uh, Jeremy, what do you think? Well, it it sounds like from what you're saying, Darren, that uh, Trump's intentions, or at least those that we're getting through through the news, is uh, that he's coming in and dealing with the symptoms and not the problem. You know, the huh. the ultimate problem is is uh, is probably more interest rates, more like the Fed. Um, who controls the money supply and things like this because, you know, countermeasures, tariffs on trade, um, taxes that are going to force companies to stay, you know, none of that works if 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 the dollar's really strong. That's another aspect because they, they can't actually produce things with a strong dollar. Um, so it sounds like he's just doing more of the symptoms. And then you're saying that ultimately by just going after the symptoms – we still haven't actually solved the problem. So what you're going to end up with is more fear of central banks, more encroachment of, of big government. Where does it end? And that people are going to eventually pursue the zero counterparty risk trade, which is gold and silver. This guy's a businessman, though. I mean, he's got hotels and planes and money. Shouldn't he be good at this? Well, he's good at spending other people's money is what he does. <laughs> Essentially, he doesn't spend his own. Otherwise, he wouldn't be like he is. I mean, that's what the wealthy do. They spend other people's money and they make a habit of it. And if they lose every now and then, they chalk it up to experience and they move on. Everybody's hope is that a fellow like uh, Trump not only will deal with these pressures that we're discussing here, but that he will put people who have had no voice, the smaller person, the person who goes nine to five every day and has not been able to speak or feel as though they're getting ahead, he'll put them first for a period of time. Four years is not enough time to do what he wants to do. And this, all of this spending, this runs the threat of increasing the debt load overall. But won't he need the Fed approval to do all that? No, he doesn't. The The key concept here is that he only needs Congress. Congress decides without the Fed's interaction whether or not they want money to be printed now, what from if, the Fed. What if in the middle of that, the Fed decides, oh, we don't like where Trump's, Trump's going with this. We'll pull the plug on the stock market, intervene in the stock market, and then Congress will be dealing with that for the next three years instead of actually doing what Trump wanted to do. It's a good it's a good point, but think if you owned control of the largest printing press in the world and we'll remind our listeners that the Federal Reserve is a private entity. 
It is not owned by anybody other than the member, uh, the members of the Federal Reserve, which are the member or charter banks, the federal banks of all of the various large um, states. And of course, knowing that, it means that the taxpayer is on the hook, despite the fact that the Federal Reserve can unilaterally decide to print money on their own and do whatever they want with it. That's what they were afforded in that 1913 Act, which gave them uh, the creation, the Fed creation. And of course, Trump may be the first president that actively pursues uh, abolishing the Fed. We don't know, but there is definitely pressure towards that. And if I had control over uh, the money, I wouldn't want to mess that up. If I created a stock bubble or if I ticked off the leader of the free world, the most powerful man in the world and Trump himself, he is, like John said, a businessman first and foremost. He doesn't like bad deals. So he's going to be the first to say you're fired. So, I mean, you know, pardon the, <laughs> right. pardon the usage of that term. But again, this is something that is all, um, you know, hearsay at this moment. All we're doing is looking at what the possible outcomes were. Now, the overwhelming outcome from this whole situation, whether there's protectionism, whether there's printing or anything like that, is the fear and the threat, the real threat of long-term inflation. Let me remind our listeners the last time that we had that real fear or threat of serious inflation was in the 70s, and that was a decade in which the price of gold and silver uh, migrated some 2,000 to 2,500% higher in a decade, in 10 years, most of which happened within a five-year period, and in silver within 90 days. So being early to this game by five or six or seven months or even a year or two while the price is still moving up and making you some money, is probably one of the smartest things as an investor I've ever done. Yeah, absolutely. So when should someone get in on that market? You know, what Darren's just talking about there is saying, look, in in the 70s, you go from 1971, gold's at $35 an ounce, and by the time the dust has settled off of the bull market, gold's trading at $350 an ounce. Massive gain over a a 10-year period. Yes, a lot of that came in the last 90 days of that bull market. Is history going to repeat, rhyme? It's hard to say. But what you can look at is say, look, in the last 15 years, and this is what what I wanted to mention to you, Darren, what you were talking about with inflation. It's interesting that the governments are saying, oh, inflation's low. We want inflation higher. You know, well, six years ago, peanut butter was like $3 a jar. Now it's $7 a jar. I mean... I see inflation everywhere all the time. I'm, I, I feel like I'm getting old. Like, oh, I remember I could buy a chocolate bar for fifty cents. Well, things just seem to be more and more expensive. So in my mind, I see inflation everywhere. I mean, you see, you see the price of coffee rising. You see when they they do these things. And so I don't know if inflation is something that we should be expecting or dealing with now and getting ready for it now. I think the problem with where to enter the market is not is. That's a very stock-centric approach to, to buying precious metals, where precious, precious metals are real money. They should be bought on a regular basis. It shouldn't be, when do I put all my money into gold and wait for that 90-day run in the market? Yeah. It's not necessarily going to happen like that. But if you'd been buying for the last 15 years, gold in Canadian dollars is, I think, something like a little over 200% gain or almost 300% gain. I've done the math on it. I can't think of it quite right now, but they were well into the 12, 15% on both gold and silver. So once you take away costs of doing business, you're still at over the over the regular rate of inflation if we put it somewhere in the 7% range. So it's not about when do we buy 
for this expectation of inflation. It's, no, we should be buying, getting into the position. Yes, it's, it is better to be a day early or a month early or four years early if that's what it takes right. for that day when it does start to take off. Be because one day late. And, and one day late. Because mm-hmm. what happens is, is look, we, we've seen a lot of people buy silver at the top and not be happy about it. And that was in 2011. But there was a very small window where those people were getting involved in the market. What about all the what about the bookends? What about before the market went above forty dollars? What about after it went to forty dollars? Those are, are gonna be great times to buy as well. So if you do cost average, if you do buy on a regular basis and say, you know what, I wanna start to accumulate precious metals and have it as part of my portfolio, then you're not gonna be as worried about When's the best time to get in? When am I going to maximize on it? It's not about that. You're going to see over time it's going to do exactly what you want it to do in your portfolio. And I'm only saying that because I've seen it in my own portfolio. I'm very comfortable. I sleep very well at night knowing that I have precious metals in my portfolio today. One eight seven seven eight silver is a number to get started. Guildhallwealth.com as well. Darren, six important gold trends for 2017. Give them to me. Well, listen, we're looking this up, and it's an important part of what we're talking about, the message we're sending today. And essentially from the uh, World Gold Council's 2017 forecast, they took input, input from three very esteemed analysts, one of which was Jim O'Sullivan. And you may or may not know this name, but he's the chief U.S. economist at High Frequency Economics. And he was dubbed by MarketWatch as the most accurate forecaster in America over the last 10 years. And then there were two other um, uh, very, very well-known analysts in that particular arena. But the six trends were very simple. One we've already talked about, which is heightened political and geopolitical risks. And he states that 2017 promises to be a very turbulent year in geopolitics. And of course, they talk about the backdrop of uh, citizen unrest fueled by ongoing uneven distribution of economic welfare around the world. And of course, the Brexit situation and of course, the threat of Chinese uh, economics, which is unfolding right before us. And we know we're being lied to. We know the headlines are inaccurate. But again, these are all part of the puzzle of why an individual investor who has nothing to do with central banks and who has nothing to do with watching economics and policies, why an individual investor sitting here listening to this show would own gold and silver. The second point they talk about is currency depreciation. It's one of Jeremy's favorite areas, and it basically says that whilst the U.S. looks set to continue to tighten monetary policy, they believe we will likely see a divergence between the U.S. and other parts of the world as monetary easing continues all over the globe. And, of course, it keeps devaluing currencies. And you know what? We've talked about it. Paul has talked about it. Sometimes we talk about the yen in relation to the U.S. dollar and its impact on that ratio and how it affects gold and silver. And we've talked about a lot of things on this show, but that is, again, one of the things we're watching. The third important trend of the year will be rising inflation expectations. Whilst normal interest rates look to be on the increase on both U.S. Fed rate rise and bonds uh, crashing, they may well be less than the growth in inflation and hence continued negative or low real interest rates may be the environment that we expect to see here. But we are getting an upward inflationary trend at the moment. So we're going to pay attention to that. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to save the other three points for segment four. I've got an article here from the Wall Street Journal. And again, this is the mainstream media bringing up color diamonds once again. So before 
you uh, turn uh, to listen to this third segment. Think about how important it is to be diversified in your portfolio. Colored Diamonds is coming up here. We're going to talk about it extensively. We've got a couple new diamonds that Paul wants to bring up. And of course, we're going to talk about this article in the third segment. And make sure you get hold of the Precious Metal Advisor penned by Darren as well. The Investor Kit, the number one eight seven seven eight silver to get started right now online, guildhallwealth.com. It's a real money show. It's talk radio, AM640. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com or for the purpose of observing the collection and fantastic high-res photography, guildhalldiamonds.com. Paul, I know you love this segment. Yeah, John, yeah. I you know, I, I've just picked up a diamond, um, which we don't get very often. It's a one point three one, just over one and a third just under one and a third carats. Um, it's a fancy, vivid, it's flawless, not internally flawless, flawless, inside, outside, nice. it's oval, the color is absolutely stunning, um, it will be in our office early next week, we just ordered it in, um, this is the type of investment diamond that you can put away, um, you don't have to touch it, you don't have to think about it, you can put it away for 10, 15 years, and all you're going to do is make money. That's a yellow, yeah. It's a yellow. Mm-hmm. And Darren's got an article you know, from the Wall Street Journal um, that we're happy to send out to all of our customers and investors about how colored diamonds are catching on. We're not talking about... We're talking about real, natural, fancy-colored diamonds, not man-made diamonds. These are diamonds that take millions of years to actually the, to manufacture. We go out of our way to find the finest natural-colored diamonds in the world. Um, in our yellows, we look for internally flawless as much as we can. Uh, these are the diamonds that we want to have in our collection. And I would say if you go to our website, guildhalldiamonds.com, you're going to see the Biggest selection of internally flawless diamonds that anybody in the world has got. Um, on pinks, we look for VS quality, which means very slightly included. They don't come in internally flawless. It's not the natural diamond. They do come with inclusions, and our cutters try to you know, uh, polish out as much of the inclusion as possible, but there always is a slight inclusion in pinks. But we only sell VS, we, which means it's very slightly included. We don't sell I1s and I2s, which you can actually see with the naked eye, you know, the inclusions. That is not investment grade. Every diamond we sell comes with a GIA, which is a Gemology Institute of America. That is the certification. That is the birth certificate of that diamond. It tells you everything about the diamond, the size, the color. If there is an inclusion, it will map it and show you exactly where it is for the layman so that they can see where and what they've purchased. It shows you the dimension of the diamond, the top of the diamond, which is called the table, the depth of the diamond. When we buy a diamond, everything has to be perfect. If the table is too big and the diamond is is too narrow, it doesn't have any depth, it's not going to sparkle. There's not going to be any scintillation. The cut of the diamond. We don't buy diamonds that have an abundance of extra facets. Those are extra facets because it's badly cut. We want to buy a diamond that has great symmetries, which means if you folded the diamond in half, it would be exactly the same. And that's what we look for. So we look for the color. The first, that's the most important. Second, we look for the cut. We look for the clarity third, and then we look for the carrot size. Those are the four C's, and that's a must. And you must get a GIA when you're buying a natural fancy color diamond. We even provide for our customers and pe- people that have never purchased before a 10-step buying guide. We want to educate you so that you buy the right product. 
you, this is not day trading when you buy a natural fancy colored diamond. If you're looking to retire or you're looking to put your kids through university and you can afford to put away something for 10 or 15 years, you are going to truly get a great, great return on your investment. As an example, 10 years ago, you could have bought you know, a fancy, vivid, internally flawless for between 10 to 12, maybe $15,000 according to you know, over a carat strong color today you're paying forty forty five thousand dollars thirty years ago you could have bought a fancy red diamond red is the rarest color in the world thirty thousand dollars a carat today you're lucky if you can find one for a million three million five and then again it's going to be an si1 si2 it's not going to be vs quality these are incredible incredible investments it's not for everybody. If you have to borrow the money, if you have to put it on a credit card, it's not for you. If you have cash sitting there and it's part of your portfolio, whether it's 10 or 15%, where you can put it away if you don't want to sell it down the road and you just want to pass it on to your family, what a great, great investment to pass down to your loved ones. one eight seven seven eight silver guildhalldiamondscom ain't there? Well, listen, John, as I promised earlier, we would talk about this article, which came through the Wall Street Journal this week on their wealth management section, and it's titled Demand Source for Colored Diamonds. The subtitle is Investors Seeking Higher Returns Have Moved Into an Area Once the Preserve of Wealthy Collectors. It starts this off, this article, talking about something that's happening more frequently than ever, something that we've talked about for a number of years and that has worked behind the scenes, really, and that is how wealth managers are viewing the diversification of their own portfolios in a world of very manipulated paper assets. They're finding that it's becoming increasingly difficult to put their money into the stock markets and get an honest return. So you have some fund managers like um, Mahar Makzani, who is a Geneva-based fund manager, um, who bought last year, and this is what the article is talking about initially, a 4.08 carat pear-shaped orange diamond, vivid orange diamond, and he paid more than $1 million per carat. And he did that after viewing it through his uh, eyeglass. Of course, he had a piece of white paper there and 10 minutes of negotiations. That's all it took. And he bought it for his fund, put it in there. And it says here, deals like this, high-priced purchases of colored diamonds by investors have become more commonplace in recent years. Colored diamonds created when a chemical element such as boron or nitrogen is trapped during a diamond formation over millions of years are part of a boom in niche over-the-counter luxury markets that were once the preserve of wealthy collectors. And it says here that prices are being driven higher by investors who are hoping that the market stays. Now, if anybody knows anything about this show, what we have done is gone back historically to look at prices, especially prior to offering these to our clients, And what we found was absolutely incredible, which is that as far back as we can look, which is roughly around the late 70s, early 80s, there is a track record of auction results. There is a track record of some private but yet known results of sales. And of course, if you put all that down on paper, what it shows us is that outside of some of the lesser known colors or lower value diamonds, the diamonds that Guild Hall sells and uh, the diamonds that we talk about on a weekly basis have really never experienced a price drop. 
which is again why as a firm we're very proud to have had no client ever come to us, buy a diamond, and then go to sell the diamond at a lesser price than what they paid. Now, nothing is guaranteed in this world. Of course, we're not suggesting that we know any more than the next person who's an expert in this arena what next year will hold. But so far, in the time that we've been selling colored diamonds, if you look at just one color alone, and that's the pink diamonds, those types of diamonds, since just 2009 alone, have moved up some 300 plus percent on average. Those are diamonds which the average person putting money into an RSP or into a TFSA or into other types of paper investments where they're not owning these types of hard assets easily spends twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars. And in two thousand and nine, if they had spent that kind of money, imagine what three hundred percent gains look like nowadays. I mean, that's putting real, real returns in your pocket as an investor. And of course, when you find articles like this talking about these hard assets and telling you that this is something that the mainstream is beginning to do, you can't help but be curious. So as an investor, maybe now's the time to look into it. Guildhalldiamonds.com, the website one eight seven seven eight silver, Jeremy. And, you know, these an article like this comes out once every few years in, in mainstream media. Most of the time they'll just publish uh, some of the famous auction records that are being broken and some of the gorgeous, massive and impossibly rare diamonds that get sold at auction. So a, an article like this is, is great for us. We love to just chomp on something like this and see what's happening and, and get a sense of of what's happening with the with large money, um, you know, people with uber wealth. But ultimately, colored diamonds is a great way to secure wealth, and it's a great way to create prosperity as well. When we're talking about the track record on natural fancy colored diamonds, it's absolutely impeccable. Now, the key to that that gain, of course, is passion, understanding that what you're buying is is incredibly rare. It is beautiful. It is something that you don't want to let go of. It's something that you want to hold on to. And that's why we recommend that people come set up an appointment, view the diamonds. You're going to make the investment. Don't buy that over over the internet if, if, you, if you can avoid it. You want to see that diamond in person and, and have one of them that just really speaks to you. Because ultimately, you are going to you are going to hold it, and and hopefully you don't have to have to sell it. But if you are going to hold it, and you are your intention is to sell it down the road, it's something that has to be approached long term. This is how you make money in natural fancy colored diamonds. If you're going to buy a, a vivid yellow, for instance, you want that outlook to be at least five years or more, so that you can sell that diamond down the road and have been very happy with the results that you've gotten. And when Paul's talking about the fact that ten years ago a vivid yellow was selling for, you know, under thirty thousand dollars, it's because if you'd held that diamond long enough, you're going to be able to to let go at a at a much higher price. So time is important. But what's great about owning a natural fancy colored diamond is you just let time do the work. You you have it, you hold it. You know that in, when, when the retirement comes in 20 years, you can start to set forth the, 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 the progress of selling the diamond or knowing that, okay, I'm going to plan for my, my kid's education. That's about 15 years out. I'm going to buy the diamond at their birth. And then, and then 14 years, I'm going to start to plan the, the resale of that diamond. The interesting thing about the article in the Wall Street Journal is that they're talking about natural fancy colored diamonds. I mentioned last week that in Town & Country magazine, the February issue, 
Um, there's also another article on natural fancy colored diamonds and why it's an investment. Now, when you start to see magazines, uh, high-end newspapers or whatever it is, high-end magazines and newspapers reporting on natural fancy colored diamonds, there is something happening out there that is making people look at this investment. There is no new mines coming on. It's not a turnkey operation. You know, there's no new mines available. The actual Argyle mine in Western Australia that actually produces 90% of the world pinks is closing in 2018. That's going to put prices through the roof on Argyle pinks when that mine closes. And we were lucky enough this year to win for the 2016 tender a 0.55 deep pink VVS diamond. And we are ecstatic because that is a type of diamond we can just put away we can sit on it and it's money in the bank it's only going to increase in value and what we're trying to educate our clients and our customers is to do is to buy a natural fancy colored diamond investigate it come to our office look at the product see for yourself if you want to put it into a piece of jewelry even better we will help you do that but the first step is to get on the telephone or come and see us and make an investment. You're going to be truly, truly happy. And you got to see that collection, guildhalldiamonds.com, and in person, of course, as well. one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhalldiamonds.com or guildhallwealth.com. More of The Real Money Show. We'll get into our last few minutes here on Talk Radio AM 640. 1-877-8-SILVER-GUILDHALLWEALTH.COM, the precious metal advisor, the investor kit. Darren writes that up, and you can get those uh, by calling that number and going online as well. I'm going to throw it to you, Darren. Well, in the first segment, we were mentioning that there were some important things happening this week in the market, including what we refer to as Trumponomics, the rest of the world is calling, and of course, the wave of political and geopolitical risks that are following this big change in trends, and of course, uh, how it's going to impact gold and silver and what our prognosis is, uh, simply put, is that these policies, which are protectionist policies which create inflation which don't really promote necessarily big economic growth factors uh, are going to push assets like gold and silver higher. We followed that up by talking about uh, additional reasons why there is uh, likely to be higher gold prices in 2017. And we're talking in particular about an article uh, of six important trends for gold in 2017 that was brought to us by the World Gold Council. We talked about currency depreciation, heightened political and geopolitical risks, and rising inflation expectations. But what we haven't touched on is inflated stock market valuations. And we've talked about it all throughout last year and coming into this year, and of course the change in hand with Obama and Trump, and how historically overvalued the U.S. in particular share market is and how it is now the third longest expansion in history. To date, bonds have been the preferred safe haven for diversification if you're staying in paper and the inevitable crash, but uh, rising rates sees that less attractive. Of course, higher interest rate um, higher higher interest rates would definitely be uh, a negative for bonds. But again, in such an environment, gold's role as a portfolio diversifier, as well as silver, and tail risk hedge is particularly relevant. Whereas John Nugy, uh, one of the analysts that was writing uh, part of this article, says portfolio res- uh, resilience and diversification in the face of shocks will be key. And he says, tick tock, tick tock. Another point, and and when we're saying diversification, because this is something that you're always very adamant about, we're talking about diversification of your portfolio, not just 
your stock portfolio, diversifying a little tech here, you know, a, a little foreign here. We're talking about making sure that not all of those things are diversified within one currency, but actually diversifying outside. So that could be gold and silver. It could be real estate. It could be as long as you're actually... Colored di- diamond. Colored diamond, but actually diversifying not just within one segment of your portfolio. Of course, this will all come uh, to bear fruit for you if indeed we also see long-term negative Asian growth. Asian gold demand is generally consistent with increasing wealth, and the combined share of world gold demand for India and China grew from 25% in the early 90s to more than 50% by last year. They believe Asia as a whole has reduced its economic reliance on the West since the GFC and uh, will grow largely on domestic demand. And they believe Asia uh, in particular will account for 60% of global growth in 2017. So whether or not you're on that side of the argument in terms of Asian growth overall remains to be seen. But again, that's just one of the points that they're suggesting will lead to higher gold prices. And the last one that we're talking about was the opening of of new markets. Negative rates in Japan and parts of Europe have really seen new investment vehicles for gold emerge or strengthen as pension funds and uh, really other, uh, other types of funds start allocating into gold and silver for that matter. We also saw the historic announcement late last year that changes to Islamic law allowed uh, gold as an investment, prompting this form uh, prompting this from Dr. Mark Mobius, which is the executive chairman from Temple Templeton Emerging Markets Group, one of the largest in the world, uh, to put money into gold markets. And of course, uh, this is going to enable the foundation of what could be the most significant event for the Sharia finance in modern times. So as we're going forward, we're getting bits and pieces of information. But if you put all those trends together, gold in 2017 looks extremely excellent right now. So again, John, maybe throw them the number out and let's talk about how to get it into your portfolio through Guildhall. Absolutely. one eight seven seven eight silver is a number Darren is talking about and guildhallwealth.com. You can basically purchase uh, your product and take home delivery. It's one of the very easy options, either through our e-store online from the convenience of your home or from your mobile device. You can call us and, of course, order and take it home. You can also purchase the product and have it stored at our world-class vaulting facility in a depository account. Uh, You can use a registered account, which we're going to spend a little more time on right now, such as a TFSA or RRSP or RESP, and those can all be existing accounts. You can migrate them over and share some of the existing space in those portfolios to get and hold some gold, silver, platinum, palladium, and all accounts include the following. Segregation from other holdings, meaning your product is held separate from anybody else's, so it's tagged and labeled as yours, not guild halls, not a part of the depository or other people's depositories in a big pool, all separate. And again, it's allocated to the owner. So like many of our clients have done, they will go into, they will go into view and look at uh, their product. And of course, they will spend time focused on what it is they bought and they will think, oh, well, you know, this is just going to be one of those things. But it comes out on a skid and they actually end up seeing their product and it's showcased and, and they are able to pick it up, take photos of it. Uh, and of course, people like to do that. Again, where serial numbers are available, you may request those and have them also written down or delivered to you in an inventory report. 
and you have where applicable the right to visitation, viewing, and auditing of your holdings. So let's spend the next couple of minutes talking about the registered accounts in particular, because I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about how it is that they work. And if you have an existing account, how it is you could use your existing RSP to get gold and silver. All right, you said the word RSP, so I'll throw it out there to you guys. What makes uh, this RSP the best? Well, Darren mentioned a, a, a good number of reasons. Uh, we worked really hard to 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 create this vehicle for investors, and we started it with with one principle in mind, which was we knew that investors wanted just because we've been in the business so long, we knew that they wanted one thing in particular, which was to know that the ownership was theirs, that it was the investor's ownership and nobody else's. And I think it's one of the re- one of the biggest reasons it's such a success because what we're allowing clients to do is to not just own physical product because a lot of people offer physical product in RSPs. Okay, but who actually owns the product? Not necessarily the investor themselves. And so what we have done here is managed to allow clients to hold their own physical product in a registered account that they can go and personally hold in their hand. We always say, if you cannot hold it, you do not own it. And with this investment, you can hold it. One eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. You know, Paul mentioned in the uh, in the first segment a word, and that was allocated. Tell me a little more about that. Sure. There, there's two terms there. There's allocated and segregated. Again, Darren mentioned it slightly just now. But basically, the idea is that segregated means that your holdings, not the holdings of Quest Trade's book at at the depository, but your specific holdings are separated from all other holdings at the depository where your RSP is held. So for example, if you have if you have th- two RSPs, let's say you have your RSP, your spousal RSP and a TFSA. Mm-hmm. And you set up an appointment to go to the depository and personally audit that product. They're actually going to have it separated for you to view. And That's look pretty at cool. Because in the vault, it's done that way. All holdings are separated out from all other holdings. So it's never mixed or commingled. Now, when we talk about allocation, what we're talking about is receiving the serial numbers for specific bars with full description in your name. So you would see, John, when you've opened your account, you would see John Scholes. Here's my account number. Here's my 10 100-ounce silver bars, Royal Canadian Mint. Here are the serial numbers cool. that are that are associated with those bars and, and with all of the details of the inventory, uh, sorry, all of the details for the depository itself, contact info, email, et cetera, address. So you know where everything is. We're completely transparent. But it allows you to say, okay, th- this is the product that I'm holding. No one else owns it. It's separated from all other holdings, and I can go to the vault and, and personally double and verify that those serial numbers and those bars are correct. Thanks for the 10 bars, by the way. Didn't know I had My pleasure. (laughs) Darren, what do you say? Well, I say, listen, this is an extension of of part of the customer service that we provide at Guildhall and, of course, the experience overall as a client, which is usually 100% positive. So we're excited when new clients come aboard, and these types of accounts really do open up a new arena for people, and they are misunderstood in terms of what's in there and how they function. And the sad truth is, John, that majority of people that come to our office have very little understanding of the dynamics of the RSP. They'll ask us, well, what's the penalty for bringing over my RSP from um, um, Institution A over to Guild Hall? And we say, penalty? There is no penalty. 
well, you have to take it out of the institution, right? Say, well, you're not, you know, you're not sworn to the institution. You're not signing a contract that states you have to stay there. But most people think they do. Most people think they're going to lose something or that there's going to be some tax implications. And the the truth is that they're simply not. Having a registered account through Guildhall is very, very simple and something that I highly recommend for our clients and for them to look into. We didn't quite get to our question of the week, John, and a couple other things, so we'll leave that for next week's show. I want to hope everybody has a very profitable week, and we look forward to speaking to everybody next week. You want to get on as soon as you can. Here is the number one more time, one eight seven seven eight silver online. It's guildhallwealth.com. Reminder, once again, your RSPs and registered funds, you can use those. That was, uh, we spent a lot of time today talking about, and a reminder for every $5,000 invested uh, U.S. in that account, you'll receive a gram of gold courtesy of Guildhall. Till next time, The Real Money Show. Talk Radio, AM 640.